This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Secret Invasion, Episode 4, Beloved. You asked if you could assume her life. I asked if she wanted to fall in love. She wanted to know how, of course, and I told her about you. She made me make her three promises. One, that I would bury her at sea, which I did. Two, that I would continue to be a daughter to her parents. And you've also done. Mm-hmm. Three. That I would never hurt you. And did you get what you wanted from this life, even so? I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is TV Podcast Industries, and we are covering Secret Invasion, Episode 4, Beloved. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And rounding out this trio, I am Chris. Excellent stuff. Welcome yes. back, everybody. Yes, you're well, back, John. I am. Yeah. I am back. I am here. Or, a- or are you? I don't are know. Was I kidnapped by little green men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing a green T-shirt today as well, which is uh, unusual. Hmm. It's teal, actually. It's teal. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. In fact, I think it's petrol blue is how it was described uh, yeah, when I right. bought it. Uh, a man's color for <laughs> real. Yeah. It's not yeah. green. I got blue. it in Texas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I've got a little bit of a, a, a gravelier voice uh, this week because I had my uh, my summer barbecue party with work last night. <laughs> so uh, my apologies. A little bit gravelier than normal. Uh, but well, let's kick off the podcast. A little bit of Marvel news because uh, some cool stuff that came out today. Um, apparently, this season of Secret Invasion cost $212 million to make wow that's pretty that's a pretty big budget that is um, a big price for tag. six episodes of the show of course uh rather than just a two-hour movie but i think and we'll get into it obviously as we get into the episode but i think this uh this episode features some of the biggest budget uh yes. stuff that we've seen on screen definitely but if you add to that all the scroll transformations and the de-aging that's going on in the show there's a lot of money uh that you can see on screen yeah. in the show and the traveling london mm-hmm 
Possibly somewhere in London. Somerset. Uh, doubling as Moscow. <laughs> yes. More London, inside More London. London. Yes. North London, Manchester. It's very expensive to get around yeah. the UK. I've heard uh, I've heard train tickets prices have got up quite a lot. I don't think they're going by train. <laughs> they probably are. That might be why it costs so much. Yeah, it might, might we be. also have some other Marvel MCU news. We are recording on the 14th of July. Mm-hmm. And officially, all productions on mcu projects have now stopped that's correct so yes. that's true three stopped mm-hmm. as of 1201 today yes. um all other writing and production and directorial sorry non-directorial editing is still one of the only ones allowed mm-hmm. because they have their deal but all the writers all the actors which includes vo's narratives adr everything is now on strike yes so um Expect news in the coming weeks and months where we find out the schedule has changed yet again. Absolutely, yes. The Screen Actors Guild have gone on uh, on strike in solidarity with the Writers Guild, exactly as they should. So uh, hopefully a deal comes through uh, very soon. Um, what it does also impact, which I found out um, because of the actual list of things that when they're on strike they can't do, what it also impacts is, is appearances by writers and actors uh, on anything from podcasts to uh, to conventions so uh, San Diego Comic Con is coming out up in two weeks time I've seen at least one panel been cancelled already from AMC's uh, Interview the Vampire panel has been cancelled so um, likely that all the other panels that feature just actors or writers will also be cancelled unfortunately so um, that's a real shame uh, given that they're only uh, already a lot of studios had pulled out of San Diego Comic-Con because of the writer's strike and the fact that they have no uh, future plan of exactly when things are going to be released, which is usually what's announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be a bit of a shame because uh, people spend a lot of money getting to San Diego for an event like that and now to have a lot of major panels being cancelled. All uh, of Hall H, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, this year, Hall H is focused on comics. It is a Comic-Con, yeah. of course. There's lots of people that go there for comics, but um, but it is unfortunate that a lot of the other big panels have been uh, maybe yeah. cancelled. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the big one I did, as you're saying, like, it's so the appearances, but it's also promotions as well. So, yes. like, we saw yesterday... Uh, all of the stars of Oppenheimer mm-hmm. up and left the premiere. <laughs> uh, they right. arrived. They got a, the SAG strike officially got announced mm-hmm. while they were at the premiere. So they all had to leave because yeah. they can no longer do promotion of it, even if it's in the can and about mm-hmm. it's out. Exactly. They can't do promotion. Exactly. So there's the Star Wars stuff, Ahsoka, which is coming like in a couple of weeks ish. Like no one will be doing any marketing or promotional material on mm-hmm. acting or kind of appearances, interviews on that. Same with Loki, yep. depending on how yep. long this goes. Exactly. So exactly. it's going to get quite interesting when it comes to promoting and talking about all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. going yep. to get definitely knocking out the stars. So because it can only be the directors as well. The writers are also on strike, so they won't well. That's be it. I was all. thinking, you know, Christopher yeah. Nolan at Oppenheimer because he mm-hmm. is also does get writing credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder what hat he's wearing because obviously yeah. writers are still on strike. As a director, he's not on strike. Yep, he'll have yeah. to have done all of his promotion already. And I know the uh, the Barbie crew were out doing all of their promotion around the world for their movie coming out in a week's time. So uh, they've all stopped too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But let's end our Marvel news section with a nice story today. I don't know whether you saw this announcement today. Uh, there's a brand new writer on the brand new Miss Marvel comic coming out. Do you know who it is? It's Iman Vellani. Nice. 
the actress who played Ms. Marvel in the TV show is now going to be writing the comic book. She said she was even more nervous about taking on the role of writer as Ms. Marvel than she was going into the MCU. But I'm so excited. I think that's a cool idea. That's very cool. Yeah, give her the yeah. reins. She's been she's been leading the charge of Ms. Marvel and selling lots and lots of comic books since uh, since her appearance on the show. So uh, let's see what she uh, what she brings to yeah, the brand absolutely. new Ms. Marvel. Good honor. Good yeah. honor is yeah, what cool I say. Yeah, definitely. Go. So good news. To start yes, out. yes, exactly. Let us head on over to our spoiler-filled discussion. Uh, just before we do, though, remember, fellow defenders, you can head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, for any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice. You can also leave a voicemail there as well for our feedback section, if you so wish. Uh, you can also send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And, of course, we are on Facebook our Facebook group is at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. And don't forget, we will have the fourth question in our secret invasion pub quiz coming up later in the podcast. And you can email the answers to all those questions to feedback at TV podcast industries.com as well. Most definitely. Uh, Derek, what are some of the episode details for episode four? Beloved. Well, once again, executive producers for the show are Kevin Feige, Jonathan <laughs> Schwartz, Louis Desposito, Brad Winderbaum. Samuel L. Jackson, Ali Salim, Kyle Bradstreet, and Brian Tucker. Head writer for the show is Kyle Bradstreet for, for the entire season. Uh, all episodes are directed by Ali Salim, and this episode, once again, written by Brian Tucker. Good stuff. Yeah. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Secret Invasion, Episode 4, Beloved? Sure. Gaia recovers from her wound, having previously used Gravik's machine to empower herself with the extremist DNA. And she reunites with Talos, who reveals that he plans to ask the United States President Ritson to help the Skrulls after they successfully stop the Rebels. She thinks that peace on Earth between Skrulls and humans is delusional, and tells her father she has changed as she walks away. Elsewhere, Priscilla meets with Rhodes, who is revealed to be a disguised Skrull. He instructs her to kill Fury, though both of them are unaware that Fury is listening in on their conversation. Fury later confronts Priscilla over her allegiance, but they make amends after she reveals she took an oath to her human counterpart to never harm her lover. Fury breaks into Rhodes' hotel room under the ruse to iron things out between him and Rhodey, and the two share a drink, which, unknown to Rhodes, contains a liquid tracker. Fury and Talos then follow him as he goes to pick up President Ritson. However, Gravik and the Skrull rebels attack Ritson's convoy under the guise of Russian terrorists. With the aid of the British army, Fury and Talos extract an unconscious Ritson, but Talos is wounded in the process. A British soldier helps the injured Talos to Fury's car, but Fury becomes suspicious of the soldier as he turns into Gravik, who stabs Talos, killing Fury's friend right in front of him. Another body. I know. This is the disturbed song, let the bodies hit the floor. Mm. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> All I know. Yeah, this season has, uh, has lost a lot of characters uh, so far, but interestingly... We start out with the return of uh, of one character that we thought was dead. Absolutely. Let or us, did we? Well, let <laughs> us get into our three case points for this episode. Case note number one. Gaia, the return. Yeah, Called it. We did. <laughs> yes. yeah. Literally, scene for scene. Mm -hmm. Literally in the last 
podcast. I mean, what well, they'll probably do is just like have her, and it'll be the extremist thing, and then we'll get a flashback of her running into the machine, and yeah. literally that's what we got. I was like, ah, here, guys, come yeah. on, Disney. I'm ready to step up to the writing place. Come on, like. I, I'm telling you, we've got to we've got to start working on that uh, on that banshee treatment, the Irish yeah. superhero. Um, it'll come around at some point. Absolutely, <laughs> and we can uh, cast the guy from the meme who's doing the kind of. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the screaming ghost. <laughs> oh, <or> that! <laughs> Absolutely. Surely we've got some good good Irish actors that we could cast in I that know, role. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of sound design already. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to see Gaia back. Yes. Look, we, 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 look, we knew she probably couldn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does make me question whether um, whether Talos, which we'll discuss later, and it brings back again that question of whether Kobe Smulders um, Maria Hill is dead again I don't know whether they're going to bring back everyone and go surprise everyone who you thought is dead isn't really dead so there was no stakes whatsoever ever yeah um, I don't I don't think that's the case I think I think Gaia being brought back at the beginning of this episode makes it unlikely that Talos is coming back yeah it does um, feel a bit like that and certainly with the the bench uh, scene where effectively you know she she says you know she wants to be with him give me your mm-hmm. plan and um, she just really doesn't buy it anymore. You know, she, as, as I said in the synopsis, she calls it delusional. This I- idea that scrolls will somehow be able to coexist with humans yeah. harmoniously because it's yeah. not who scrolls are, she says, and it's not who I am. Like she's changed mm. and, and kind of walks away. But you never know. She, you know, she could have slipped something to him there mm. uh, at the park bench. But it, like it, we it, see them at the park bench. As the camera arrives, effectively, so they may have been there ten minutes beforehand, and she was yeah, going, maybe. "Hey, Dad, do you know what? <laughs> I've got this extremis virus inside me. If I give you some of my blood, you could also have the extremis." Yeah, but potentially, <laughs> but I doubt it. and potentially, it's more than that. I mean, actually, she is a super scroll now, yeah, she um, is. and you know, we do see in this episode the group powers um, on Gravic that we saw uh, from the trailer as mm-hmm. well. So maybe she's kind of got a smorgasbord of superhero powers maybe yeah maybe. It, it, it look i i think right now the question is open of whether whether he is dead or not I, i'd like yeah now, there, there's two schools of thought out there the one is they're essentially cleaning the board for the next generation mm-hmm. you've had a decade of characters um so now we're going to get the new captain america that's now we're true gonna get a new kind of potentially Nick Fury or, or a new in this one, Talos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the new Talos is the super scroll, which is Gaia. And when you have Amelia Clark, that's a st- star power. Yeah. She's a name that can draw people to the cinema as a star. Like, so yeah. like her being a member of whatever the next Avengers is or the mm. next as a super scroll. Yeah. It makes sense. The young Avengers. Yeah. Yes. I, I, Which has I, been set up in every show so far, and in, in, uh, uh, in all the Disney Plus TV shows. So. Yeah, and I mean, I guess as well, you know, if if it is um, Samuel L. Jackson's kind of swan song as well, a mm-hmm. bit out of the the MCU, then with Talos going, you know, it makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just sad not to have had Ben Mendelsohn on 
you know, the cinema screen, let alone the TV screen, as this character for yeah. a bit more. I mean, I guess we will see him in the Marvels. We might just see him in the Marvels, yeah. yeah. My, my current working theory is the Marvels takes place before this series because um, it takes place at the end of Miss Marvel is this kind of start of the movie and, and, uh, WandaVision obviously had connections to, to the Marvels. So, uh, my current working theory is that, yeah, we should see all, of, all of these characters back. Uh, Kobe Smulders should be coming back as Maria Hill. So, um, so we should at least see them back on the big screen again. But Ben Mendelsohn has been fantastic in the season so far. Yes, yeah. Um, I do want to mention his plan though. I want to give a little bit, a little bit more to, uh, to Talos's plan, um, because it's very specifically written. Um, his concept is something that comes from a lot of people that, that fight for civil rights. This idea that we don't need to actually fight. We don't need to take up arms against our oppressors. They need to see who we truly are. We need to show them our heart. We need to show them who we are. And when they see us, then they'll give us equality. Um, and it is the other school of thought when you have people that are trying to get civil rights. Um, as opposed to the people that take up arms against against their oppressors. So it's something that I've heard a lot um, with people fighting for LGBTQ plus rights that, you know, they feel that if people see that we're the same as them, then therefore we yeah. will then be allowed to live exactly the same as them. I've seen it with uh, with black rights in America. Same argument has been going on for decades. Uh, I mean, so it's the other, the two schools of thought are represented here. I, the don't bench, think I, just it, think is interesting. I don't think it goes that far, that far. I mean, I would say, I guess here, Gravik is the Malcolm X to Talos's Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's not that Talos wants to, well, we will just look like humans for the rest of time. It's a holding strategy for him whilst he can show them that they're, you know, um, that they can, that they're, you know, what their values are and that they can coexist um, and in harmony, I guess. Yeah, I will say, though, but, personally, I feel it's a terrible strategy delivered yeah. by Talos. She's saying to him, Gravik actually has a plan here. While, I not, while I'm not completely on his side, of course, because she's been a double agent, Give me your plan. Tell me what your actual plan is. My plan is to stop down the insurgency, to stop down the insurgency, put my hand out to the president, ask for something small, and then maybe we might be able to get amnesty for the other million scrolls. That's not a plan. Yeah, no, it, 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 it felt a little sort of, yeah, lame in comparison. I mean, yeah. I think to uh, Gaia's point is that, well, it doesn't, matter even if she does agree with it because saying Gravik has implemented his mm -hmm. and that also involves a coup of the power structures in the Skrull community yeah, on Earth. Exactly. And he's built a following mm -hmm. um, uh, whereas Talos's influence has waned and mm. um, with the you know with the um, absence of Nick Fury. Yeah. I mean I actually do think in many respects um, it is Captain Marvel is getting off quite scot-free here because she is technically the one that can actually fly around the galaxy Absolutely. to find a new planet. Yeah. I mean... And I think that's what Gaia was probably expecting. She's been, you know, she's been undercover, effectively, with Gravik's group for a long time. She's there sitting with her father going, tell me the plan. Fury's back from space. Maybe she was expecting to go, oh yeah, while he was on Saber, he was in communication with Captain Marvel, who's out in such and such a part of the galaxy and has found a new home for the Skrulls. Yeah. That's not the plan he gives, yeah. so... Obviously, she turns away and walks. And I yeah. think the whole reference to the Emperor uh, in one of the previous episodes, mm -hmm. episode two, you know, I think that still needs to be explained because, 
he's obviously there with a bunch of of scrolls, mm. you know. And so, is that does he has no interest in Earth, or is it this Emperor who is backing? You know, a bit to your point, Chris. You know, from the comics, it's the the sc- the scroll queen. Uh, mm. Is he somehow backing Gravik here? Because actually, that is his intention. Because mm. really. They're kind of a bit like the Asgardians, and they've basically just got one spaceship left, mm-hmm. and but they're staying out of it or something until. So know. I I do have I I have an idea about who I think that might be now. I think the proxy of that was introduced in this episode, the proxies of the, the of the Queen of the Empress. Um, in mm-hmm. uh, spoiler, we'll talk more about Rhodey. Yeah. yeah, a female scroll is Rhodey, mm-hmm. um, and doesn't. While acts and says certain things, does make it also seem that they are able to work separately from Gravik and yep. makes it seem like their relationship with Gravik is not concerned yep. of anyone else's. Could be that we find out that this female scroll who is playing Rhodey is, while not the queen or the empress, probably a proxy for what that character yeah. was in the, the in the comic books because yeah. that character was uh, in the comic books Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a as a superhero, yeah, um, or was high disguising herself. So I think on this one, I think we'll fo- we'll have to find out by the end of this series what the relationship is with the emperor mm-hmm. and yeah. like this other group. If Gravik wins, which he won't, it's, it's he's not gonna he's not gonna win. Like, cause come on, mm-hmm. it's a TV show. <laughs> That's yeah. sort of like how he loses is a question mark I have. But mm-hmm. if, if he won, his whole thing would be that he would go to the emperor. And kind of go, hey, yeah, look, we've taken over this whole new planet. Like, I'll come here. We need some explanation on that. Yeah, because there's obviously a reason why a million scrolls didn't go and join him as well. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like they, they had an option. Either they go to him or they come to yeah. uh, to Earth. No, exactly. So, yeah. I just think, you know, it should come out and hopefully it will. Yeah. And, and there's also the other thing. And I know this is this isn't very satisfying, but there is also the other thing that uh, potentially the whole reason for it is, well, at least we can have a group of scrolls that are out in space that can do other things in other movies in the future. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's exactly. that's well, pilot that's just to true. have that backup yeah. that there is that there are other scrolls uh, alive and out there. Yeah, uh, got one other thing on this point, uh, if that's okay, just because I have to call it out. This is a spy show, and there is absolutely nothing better in a spy movie or a spy TV show than having two people on a park bench right yeah. beside the pond, yeah. uh, the duck pond, uh, having their convers- their secret conversation. Uh, it's it's such a great trope um, because it's one of those places that they can't be monitors and they can have these discussions. I thought that was a, it was a great little thing to put in there. I'm sh- absolutely convinced the uh, location scouter was, was out looking for a, the perfect spot to be sitting beside yeah. a pond uh, for a couple of weeks before it was filmed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, good stuff. Let us get on to our case note number two. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Fury, his wife, and the scroll handler. Yes. Some of my favorite scenes uh, in the episode here. Um, Definitely. And probably in the season, actually. And I absolutely love these moments between Nick and Priscilla. Um, there's just such a weight in their conversations and it's just laid out really well in the episode the fact that we have the flashback to 2012 in france just after the attack in new york the big battle in the avengers if you didn't get the references that she's making there but i love those moments where priscilla is effectively saying to nick i knew it was you behind it i knew it had to be some had to be someone like you and she sounds like she's really proud of him for making these decisions to set up this super team of avengers to take on uh alien threats you know who else on the planet knows that 
aliens are out there and they can be really threatening other than Nick Fury because he's been dealing with the scrolls for uh, about 15 years at that stage right so um so I like I like those moments I love the poem um that she reads about uh, about um whether you're satisfied with life at the end you know I, I thought it. that was great yeah it um, was really good and then to cut to um to the church scene where Rhodey's giving her a mission that either Nick dies or she does um and he's doesn't really care which um, yeah. which is really interesting no absolutely um like i actually i really enjoyed the um church scene between priscilla and Rody mm. actually because i mean it was just it was good exposition it, it was kind of confirmation here that Rody was a scroll yep. certainly giving the order uh to to kill fury and um, but also because i i you know as he said it that you know when Priscilla was asking, I believe he was fired, and, and Rhodey goes, I did that. I DDT'd that guy, um, Nick Fury, from the top rope. And then he goes, like The Undertaker. And I was like going, I'm sure The Undertaker's, you know, his move was really the tombstone. Yeah. Uh, that's what, that would be the reference there. And it's just like, do you like going, ah, oh, it's a scroll. Um, exactly. Because yes. he, he, he doesn't understand that uh, the the... The Undertaker does tombstones, do, and he doesn't do DDTs exactly. from the top ropes. Never, Certainly never did it in rope. all of his career. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, definitely a scroll. Um, so I really <laughs> like that. And the other reference, I guess, maybe uh, not to wrestling, but I love the fact that they were singing Tippett's Deep River, uh, the mm. the choir. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sang that, didn't you? I did. Um, yes, yes. And so, yeah. it, when you're it, in, when you're in the Halle. Yes, which yeah, but it is based off um, African spiritual, mm-hmm. um, so it's uh, really, really a uh, great tune. Um, yeah. So that was really good, and and actually, Rhodey here. I mean, given that you've been rooting for him throughout the MCU. Rhodey Skrull, and you just kind of do really want to just strangle him. I love the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, yes, looks the same, sounds the same, mm-hmm. but in terms of, you know, even just how he deals with Priscilla, you know, kill Fury or you'll be killed, you mm-hmm. know, you've got to uh, look over uh, your, your shoulder mm-hmm. and if you don't do it, we'll come to, you know, and he knows exactly where she lives yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we'll kill you. Yeah. So, you know, totally... Um, you know, he, he, he's uncompromising. And I think that was why I really liked just the, the president's put down of him because you could sense how that graces with, um, this roadie. Mm. Um, certainly given what he says to Priscilla in the, um, here in the church, but also in that his conversation with with Nick Fury in his hotel room. Yeah, yeah, I love that final line from Rhodey as he's leaving, where he's saying, "You keep telling me what you're not going to do, and I'm going to show you what I will do." Effectively, it's a real threatening yeah. line from really good job from uh, Don Cheadle once again. Bring it back to Priscilla because I, I have a whole thing on Rhodey that I want to. So mm-hmm. the actual Priscilla Fury relationship and how. It essentially ends, and the, the sorriness when you add on the, what the title being of this episode called "Beloved," the poem being called "Beloved," the the history that we see, we see France, we, we see how they for like how she changed her appearance to take up the form of Priscilla in previous episodes, yeah, um, and we see that they have had this connection and that there is genuine emotion and care for the two between these two mm-hmm. to find out that they're. 
that it is or was essentially a placement. It, it was a, it was an assignment for her. She she was told to monitor and keep an eye on Fury to a degree. Mm, um, that's, now that's interesting. I I don't know. I feel like the way the words were written, it could be read partially that way. But I felt like Nick was joking with her when he said, oh, you were playing the long game from the start. She she does challenge him on that as yeah. well. It, it's like as if she's saying, actually, I chose this body because I knew it would be pleasing to you, Nick. Um, but not that she was embedding herself as a secret agent at the time. See, I took it as she took that for him because it would be pleasing to him so that she could basically honey trap him. And it's a long honey trap because she had to keep an eye from the skull interests on Fury. It's just because it was 1998 when she took that body on and there was no ill intent from the scrolls from 1998. She's been turned into a... But we don't know that. We don't know because we now know that there is another body of... There's the the council. So there could have been other... Like she could... Well, it's the, it's the, it's this roadie scroll handler as well because you know that's who contacted her. Maybe it was through them, but it was a little unclear because mm-hmm. she does say that. Yet she draws, you know, she pulls him up on when Fury says, um, "You know, you were playing the long game. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't go there. You know, yeah. th- there's more to us." than that exactly and i think that's right but i think initially possibly that was the the point i think what complicated was that she wanted to ask this dying woman for her form Mm -hmm. she didn't want to just take it and in doing so were given was given conditions um because she asks her in a way this do you want to fall in love? You know, you're dying, you're mm-hmm. going to die very soon, you can have another life and you can fall in love. And she asks her for three promises, to bury her at sea, uh, continue to be a daughter to her parents, mm-hmm. uh, but also that she would never hurt the person that she's going to have this relationship yeah. with, which is um Fury. So... There's a sense of honor here with Priscilla. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, and I mean, ultimately, it gives a picture which made the, the gunshots ringing out really, really effective. Because yes. when it then just pans to her, I was just like, are you joking me? Has she actually killed Fury mm. in that moment? Mm-hmm. And then you see that they've both, um, shot and you know, they, they've both shot and missed. Uh, and really, you know, in the end, the, there is a trust there between the two of them, I'm mm. guessing. Um, because I, I, they whizzed I, I, bullets past one another's ears. So I guess there's an element of trust there as to actually what would happen in that moment. So I, I kind of really enjoyed that. Um, and of course, I, I love then Nick Fiore says, you know, um, I don't know whether we should divorce or renew our vows after that, which is really funny. <laughs> but um, but that's indicative of what I'm saying about the entire conversation. It's all doublespeak. I didn't mean to make it sound like, Chris, you read it incorrectly. I think they do mean it all yeah. to be read as she's an undercover agent. She's there to kill Fury right from the start from 1998. Or she's playing the long game as in she did this to please Fury and have a relationship with him. It all ends with that final conversation between the two of them where she asks... 
if I had stayed in my original scroll form, stayed the way I was, would you be in love with me? And he says, I guess we'll never know. Um, so I think it's, I think it's supposed to be written that way. You're supposed to take it one of two ways. Yeah. Uh, either of those two ways, it doesn't really matter which. That is the point of this spy type thriller here right everything has a different meaning everything could be taken a different way but they've effectively had two different conversations there about her being a spy and about her being the long-term lover of of nick fury yeah, yeah. and people change in in situ yeah. you know if yeah. it's a long-term assignment Absolutely. then yeah, she, she has actually yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like i i, I believe that that she was completely honest with Fury. He went away for five years and then disappeared off to space for another three or four years. And he had changed so much and she was left on her own for that long that she has now changed. You know, I, yeah. I, I believe that, that 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 story she gave was her being truthful. But she changed um, back to the person yeah. she was. Before she met yeah. Fury, yeah. yeah. And she's now on the run herself because, yes. as he says, you know, they'll be after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it was, I, I loved this whole thing between, uh, Fury and Priscilla, both, you know, going back to Paris in 2012, but also then um, these scenes, uh, at back at their home, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Brilliant. Really, really good. Moving on back to Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Um, the, for the last part of this case note, like, this is a big thing. The, Absolutely. The question, yeah. It, it calls into question how many actions, how many things, when he would like, when did he change? When was, when was it like, how long has he been a scroll? Exactly. Has she been a scroll? How long has she been Rhodey? That's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and is it someone we know? I, I like, will we find out that this scroll is X? Uh, is, is a known, like, will it be a known scroll? Uh, you know, you know what I did? Um, when I was rewatching, I was going because it's so confident. This scroll is so different. She seems very vindictive. She seems very mean. Um, I had to go back and look at episode two where Nick's speaking to all the scrolls that have arrived with, um, with, uh, Talos, um, when he's talking to them all and you just can't pick them out. There's, no. there's very specific markings. They have kind of freckles almost, uh, when they're in their scroll form. Lots of them have them. Gaia has them, uh, in similar places. So I was kind of going, Ooh, maybe it's Gaia. Maybe Gaia's the triple agent <laughs> and her scroll form is also Rhodey. We haven't seen them in the same place together, you know? That's true. Um, but, uh, I think that would be a bit far for the show to push yeah. Gaia being in, in, into this, uh, triple agent that wants to kill Fury. Um, but, I couldn't pick out somebody else in the uh, in the school group that uh, that that is this person, but I feel like it'll be somebody. Yeah, we'll we'll get it'll be revealed. So I don't think we've met this scroll before, but I think it'll be revealed that that it, they were in the background somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it then very much what we I called last week. This is how at the end of the series we get armor wars. Um, essentially, mm. Rody gets his life back and he has to pick up the pieces mm-hmm. uh, of the Stark tech and the, the, the Iron Man, the, the, the war machine suits that have been taken. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool uh, because mm-hmm. it, it, it's a fun narrative to have, which is like you have to pull your life back based on everything everyone's said. Everything everyone has assumed you've said mm-hmm. isn't something you've said. Exactly. Not you, but they are convinced it's you. And how do you explain? Yeah. Like, no, no, that wasn't me. That was a, that was a big little green man, or a little yeah. green woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. And that is exactly what happened after 
Secret Invasion of the Comic Books was, was yeah. the characters trying to explain that they were the real original, original characters. So, um, that will be really interesting how that plays out. By the way, right? I mentioned the budget for the show earlier on in the season. We've got Rhodey confirmed here as a scroll. Rhodey's obviously going to be quite central, uh, for the other two episodes of the show, I guess. Um, will we see his war machine suit in the show, given the budget that we're talking about here? Uh, Who knows? Maybe. I know. But, I, but I, who's I going to inhabit it? Six. I think in my mind, I was going, we definitely won't see it. Then I saw the budget, and then I saw how central Rhodey is in the show here, and I was kind of going, you know what? War Machine in his suit, fighting a, fighting a Super Scroll. That's something you could do with that kind of budget, isn't it? Yeah. At this stage, they've, they've created many, many versions of uh, of the Iron Man suit and the War Machine suit in, in digital. So it might be a little easier to uh, to do it or a little cheaper, maybe, uh, to to use that on the TV show um, again. I don't know. I don't know. I was just, just wondering whether we'll see it. Is that when James Rhodes gets free, gets into a War Machine suit and fights back against the Skrulls with, alongside Fury at the, at the end of the season, you know? Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool, yeah. yeah. But I don't want to over, I don't want to overthink it. I don't want to overpromise uh, because that was out of my head up until this episode. <laughs> I mean, I really loved how Rhodey, I, I mean, I know we'll come to it in point three uh, sort of more widely on, on the attack on the president, but I just loved how Rhodes just, sat in the back of his armored vehicle um or you know the scroll knowing that that car wasn't going to get touched well yeah yeah it was it was just kind of you know seeing filing his nails or something or, or <laughs> i don't know tapping away on his phone it just was it was just really good you know with all the chaos going on outside but i think uh yeah the roadie here is just Super confident, as oh, you say, yeah. different to the other scrolls that we yeah. see here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just given, yes, Fury broke into his hotel room, um, but had a bottle of whiskey there sharing that. I mean, I, I loved this whole thing, you know, the, the ruse of Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked. Just the absolute glare from Fury to the, the back of the head of Rhodes as he picks up his jacket to go. I just absolutely mm. loved that. Um, after Rhodey's counter, which shows the video of him shooting Hill and he's just like, cause he knows Rhodey is a scroll, yeah. you know, and it's just like the restraint, the kind of almost, you know, the obvious anger that yeah. he displays there to the back of Rhodey's head. And he's basically said it directly to his face as well. He's yeah. in a room with this scroll saying to him, I have intel that someone very close to the president is a mole. How close? As close as we, me and you are yeah, across yeah, the exactly. table. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, also love because. We have had some complaints that this is a tired, broken down Fury. I love that twice in this episode you see the real Fury coming out. He's monitoring his wife at all times to find out who she's beating. So that's a real, uh, real spy Fury. And we have a little gadget here: the uh, the whiskey uh, tracking device, the liquid, the liquid tracking device. Yeah, yeah, that's quite cool. It's very cool. Yeah. See, he's still at the top of his game. I don't care what Priscilla said to try and save his life with uh, with Rhodey, that he'll probably fall over and die because he's, uh, he's br- a broken man. <laughs> he's not. Of he's course, not of course he's not. Even right. though he intentionally aimed to miss Priscilla so that she could get the kill. Um, 
He's still he's still our Nick Fury. He is. he is, yeah. But speaking of that liquid tracker, that does lead us onto case note number three. It does, which is how we find or how Fury and and Talos end up essentially saving the president of the United States of America mm. on UK soil. I know. From the Russians. I mean, Skrulls. From the Russians with really bad Russian accents. I think be- before we get into this, there, I really love this scene. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I did feel that Gravik's tactical genius uh, was undermined slightly, given the fact that his Skrull team weren't super Skrulls as well. Yeah. <laughs> Because it looked like it was only him with mm-hmm. that technology, uh, which had, had been kind of sort of implanted yeah. within him because the others went down with bullets. Yes. He, yeah. he certainly didn't. Yeah. Unless he's given them all extremis. And well, that's it. Maybe there is that delay. So mm-hmm. it'll be like suddenly they'll, they'll shoot back up again. Yeah. It'll be like, maybe it's that, like the night of the living dead or something. Mm-hmm. That's how the next episode begins. Um, yeah, I wanted to just trace back the plan here from Gravik because we don't. We I, I kind of like actually that it's kept off screen. It's the discussion between him and Pogon, uh, his right hand man. Effectively, this is the whole plan. They have planted the bomb in, in Russia. They blamed it on an American uh, citizen. Um, Rhodey's been called to to the UK to answer for the crimes. Now Ritson's coming over for this summit, and they're now attacking as Russians doing an attack on the American president for the bombing that happened in Russia. So all tied together. But again, I like that it's just kind of dropped in a little line from Pogon. Gravik saying to him, make sure it's loud and bombastic, just like the Russians, so we can blame it on them. So he's still working that angle of trying to get country against country, um, putting Russia against the US so that bombs will fly effectively. Yeah, so, um, definitely. Yeah, really like that. Uh, that's quite. That's quite. But cool. it was superb. I mean, the attack. You know, helicopters. You name it. Reinforcements for the president's size. Um, yeah, I really like this. Even the fact that one of the uh, com- uh, cars in the convoy, its its uh, roof opens up and it's got a whole missile battery. Awesome. Um, I was like, yeah. wow, is that real <laughs> or just something that's? Uh, it's in the MCU. In the MCU, yeah. but I was like, that'd be really cool if actually one of the cars with, you know, the president's car actually had a missile battery <laughs> in the back of it. Well, there you go. Got like, red lights, <laughs> no more red lights. Got to cover all the threats, yes, even red lights. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, John, and, and not that I have any choice in what kind of car you get next, but no, you're not getting a car with a rocket launcher <laughs> on the back of it. Um, but I do, I did love those movements. I love that we have a rocket launcher that takes out one of the helicopters. Helicopter takes that back, and then Nick goes to the back of his car takes out his hand rocket launcher and takes out the <laughs> yeah. other helicopter. So cool. But, he, but you know, again, the money is showing on screen here. It's not something you would do blowing up the helicopter, having it land, having the propeller spin until it explodes. Uh, that just looked so cool. It looked, it looked yeah. movie quality. I was really impressed. Yeah. Yeah. No, agree. And the, the action as a whole, like, looked mm-hmm. good. Like, yeah. it didn't just look like like Bones or Navy Seals or one of the CBC, CBS shows where it's just like, oh, we're going to put everyone in a tight tight space and we're going to show you an explosion. We'll show you a helicopter looking like it's going down and then show an explosion. Yeah. And yeah. you just put two and two together. Yeah. No, they, it, you could see where some of the dosh was spent here. Absolutely. Um, but I also enjoyed it. it. Like, yeah, the plan is 
graphics plan. Mm-hmm. It's a not it's not a master stroke of kind of spy ingenuity, but he's not a spy. So it's not the series not facing off against another anti fury. Mm-hmm. He's facing off against a somewhat general. of a, the general. He yeah. he's an army general. He's a mm-hmm. leader of a resistance in his head or wow. yeah. and essentially that he his tactics are a bit more heavy-handed yeah and basically a pissed off former employee um yeah. who didn't get paid for the job right that's basically the big uh the big problem here yeah. um he kept his promise fury didn't so yeah it's a it's a pissed off former employee but yeah the other big movement obviously in this is uh Ritson's car has has flipped over it's on its back um Ritson's alive inside but it's all bulletproof glass and he can't get out so uh as Gravik's trying to get towards him to kill President Ritson, um, we have Talos here trying to break, break through the uh, the glass. I thought I thought that was a really good ticking clock as Gravik's troops are moving towards and the the British army are there uh, protecting the president. They've arrived and Talos is trying to break through the window um, as it goes on. And of course, we get that moment where uh, Talos is shot and starts to transform back into his scroll self. Yeah, I like that. So, I thought yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Really cool. And seeing one of the members of the British army going, "Oh my god, there's an alien and he's on our planet and trying to get at the president of the United States." Uh, fantastic. Uh, cuz yeah. exactly what exactly what would happen, right? Well, that's it. I, I guess I was thinking as well when you when you were saying about like the seals uh, and all that sort of US special forces, you know, would have been around the the president and I was thinking it looked like they just sent in sort of just regular British troops, I guess, stationed at the airfield. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, they should have had the SAS or something because they would have already been in the tree line and, <laughs> and just been firing away, I guess. Love it. Um, but it, I thought it was really, I, I really liked this. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm really hoping Talos isn't dead because mm. I really like the character and I think yeah, a great partner to Nick Fury yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a strange one. It's not straightforward by any stretch of the imagination but I, I just really really enjoy it and so um i think ben Mendelssohn sort of just brings so much to it so i'm really hoping that he did get some kind of sort of extremist in him but I don't think so. it, yeah book ending it with that mm-hmm. would wouldn't necessarily be that dramatic i just you know? can't see episode five starting with Taylor exactly. standing up after being stabbed um, so it really is a big mm-hmm. thing here for Talos to be killed yeah but like we mentioned last week chris you, you were wondering you know what happens when Talos finds out that guy is dead we have yes, the flip exactly. of that now yeah so we now yeah. have a superpowered Gaia. Uh, she is now a super cr- scroll finding out that Gravik has murdered her father. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah. I did um, think that's mm-hmm. where the showdown of how Gravik is overcome. It will yeah. be through Gaia. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, also, we kind of almost forgot to mention it. We do see super scroll Gravik here. We see Gravik uh, using his brand new Groot arms to strangle and kill uh, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the opposing for- forces. So, and it's really clear that is that it is. Groot's arms. Yeah. It's the same exact uh, look that you see from uh, this tree growing out of uh, growing out of Gravik and crushing the life out of uh, out of one of his enemies. There, uh, it looked cool. Yeah, yeah, I literally think they reused the same animation though. I'm sure. They did. <laughs> I'm sure they did. It's just like copy and paste instead of Groot's body, Gravik's body. Um, I, I do not want cool. to play down the uh, the work of the CGI artists here, no, Chris. God, I couldn't no, do it. I'm not, no, 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 I'm not. And it's a work that I would never be able to do, yep. and it's amazing work. But I was just kind of like, it still looked like wood, whereas I was yeah. expecting more flesh 
kind of greenwood at least maybe no I, I think it's cool i think it, i think it makes sense that i think it really stands out that it is he's just taken on the form of Groot at that yes, point so i think it's cool yeah yeah good stuff anything final for our case note number three it's just such a sad loss that we've lost Talos. Ben, as you, as you said, Ben Mendelsohn's been so good um, as a character, and this season has really shown him off. We've had some great moments uh, with the character throughout, uh, throughout the season so far. But like we said, with the loss of Gaia last week, pushing potentially Talos to be his big antagonistic self, I'm hoping that this is what pushes Gaia to be uh, to be the big yes. uh, the big bad versus or the big good versus Gravik, I guess. Yeah. yeah, the new partner for Fury. Mm-hmm. You know, the question I have is, what happens next episode? Do we have Fury, quote unquote, give up? Like he's like, it's done. It's just I've lost my friend. Blah blah. blah. Like go down, mm. and then Gaia pulls him up. Maybe. Or does this? I think it pushes Nick. Does this yeah. push Fury yeah. straight into like? Do we get it like a couple of scenes of Fury like, oh my god, and then it's like that's it, I'm done. I'm I'm sorting this and yeah. he just goes for it. I, I think the fact that Nick Fury ultimately left him there, you know, on the ground mm. didn't bring him in, I think that's because he recognizes, you know, he had to get the president to safety and Talos would have said the same thing. Yes. Like so because, you know, he pretty much roars at Gravik when Gravik kills him. It's something that you can see he's immediately torn, but his training, what he is, kicks in. So I yeah. think, and this will just spur him further, but that's my v- feeling anyway, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yes, I do have a question, though. Go on. He's left the body of Talos in front yeah. of the British Army members who are not trained or briefed that there is such a thing as aliens on the planet. So now a scroll is dead in front of lots of normal human beings who now know that aliens are on our planet. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's quite a big... They can look like us. Yeah. And he's one of the moment, good guys. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe Rhodey will cover it up. Maybe that's the the point of of Rody not coming out of the car. Maybe uh, maybe he'll take the body of Talos to cover it up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, all those soldiers could ultimately get killed. True. True. So there's no witnesses. That that's that's true. That could happen. Yeah. 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 Um, but Gravik does escape, of course, with uh, with um, Pogan um, on the on the back of the motorbike after. Another awesome uh, little beat uh, where we have Fury shooting him in the face and we see him turn around and his face knit back together with uh, him also having uh, the extremist uh, yeah. DNA inside him. So uh, I thought that looked fantastic. It looked really it like was, something out of, yeah. uh, out of Terminator right there. Um, yeah. yeah, it really has that moment. And you see it on Fury's face going, oh, my God, this guy is unbelie- un- unbeatable. Um, yeah. Yeah, That's no, cool. absolutely. Very Probably cool. another reason why he just fled because it, yeah. it's like i'm not going to be able to deal with that now yeah. i've got to come up with a strategy i've got to know, pre- so. i've got to protect the present yeah, yeah exactly so as usual uh we do have one final point uh for the episode uh who do you trust this week um you know a lot of things happened in this episode a lot of people died uh a lot of a lot of uh people are now off the table and a lot of people are confirmed that we can't trust them so obviously Rody can't trust scroll yeah. gaia she did walk away from her father yeah. But she does have the extremist virus inside her. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Gaia is to be trusted now based mm-hmm. on... The, she still walked away. We know that. She has extremists. We know that. I think she just doesn't agree with Talos's approach. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely with 
the the at the end of where this episode leaves us, where she's going to continue to side with Fury, or at least side with Fury's motivations, if mm-hmm. not Fury himself. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I, I would still trust uh, Gaia. How about Fury? Do we trust Fury this episode? He did um, yes. aim a gun at his wife, pull the trigger, and miss on purpose. Do we He's a scroll. <laughs> we, we trust Fury. There is actually a weird moment when she asks him about whether he put the ring on or not. And I was going, is somebody impersonating Fury here and didn't know whether to put the ring on or not? Is that what is that what she's calling out there? But no, uh, we can trust Fury, I think. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I think the big question is going to be who can't we trust in the coming episodes? Yes. Like, will the president... When he is saved, turn out to be a scroll. Yeah. Like, is it going to be the, that? the mold that's close to the president is closer than uh, than even Nick Fury thinks? It's the actual president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I certainly, I still trust Sonia. Mm-hmm. Sonia, well, we need to see more of her. We do need to see more. Of we her. do. We yes, do. Uh, but good stuff. Um, any notes uh, from anyone? Uh, just two quick ones. We kind of mentioned the uh, Undertaker moment, but uh, I just did want to call out that Matt Fowler um, on Twitter, one of our uh, very favorite uh, entertainment commenters, uh, did comment about this uh, being a definite sign of a scroll that uh, that the Undertaker <laughs> has never once done a DDT off the top ropes. That is not his move. So, uh, so you know that he's a scroll from that moment. Um, so I like I like that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to call out: the de aging on the show. Just because we haven't called it out in the last four four episodes doesn't mean we don't appreciate it. It's so so good. Um, just seeing the de aging that we saw for to Fury back to nineteen ninety eight, which is very similar to what we saw in Captain Marvel. Yeah, it doesn't stand out at all. It looks like Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction, and seeing it again here in this episode where we see him in Paris looking exactly like he just walked off the set of Avengers, um, looking exactly the same. 10 years de-aging. It looks brilliant. They've done such a great job of making him look much younger. I know it probably stands out um, much more in contrast when we see the injuries and wounds that Fury has now and his massive his massive beard uh, that we see him in uh, throughout the season so far. It stands out as a big contrast, but that is him de-aged. So that is a, yeah. that, that is a special effect that they're using and it looks fantastic. It looks really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, well done, team. Yeah. Last one, just to mention, uh, the poem was called Late Fragment uh, by Raymond Carver. Um, if you want to look it up, uh, it's got some really interesting uh, little short stories and poems uh, to, to uh, look up. That's the poem that, uh, that Priscilla reads to Nick in France, and he calls back to her uh, when they meet for the final time in, in their home. Yes. And of course, that's where the, 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 the title of this episode comes from, i.e. Mm-hmm. The, the uses of beloved uh, in the poem. It's exactly. It's like a callback. Yes, and of course, uh, President's nickname is uh, Citadel. Oh, yes, I like that. I like that. Citadel's in uh, car number four. Yeah, in trouble. Love it. The Citadel has fallen. Yes, much like that TV show on Amazon. <laughs> yes, all, all the, uh, the movie as well with Jared Butler. Mm. Yes. What are they? Something Olympus has fallen. Um, Sort of London has fallen. London has fallen. The galaxy has fallen. Yeah. I think is coming next. Pingu uh, has fallen. Do you know what? I absolutely love those movies. They're really, really good. No, I do they as well. Really actually, good. yeah, they are really good. Turn <laughs> um, your brain off. Action. Speaking speaking of the president, played by Dermot Mulroney, uh, really cool little uh, little little fact about Dermot Mulroney. He's also a cellist. Um, Very good. And he played cello on the score for Mission Impossible Two and Three, and also 
Spider-Man No Way Home. So that was his first appearance in the MCU. <laughs> How the cool health. is that? There you go. So he's a cellist who's played on multiple scores. Excellent stuff. Uh, right, let us get into our defense of uh, episode four mm-hmm. of Secret Invasion. Beloved Christopher, do you defend this episode? I do. I 100% defend this episode. This It's a shorter one than usual. Again, mm-hmm. again oh, yeah. like the, like the episode length, they're going down. But a lot was packed in here. Um both for good and for bad, things we called out last week happened, i.e. like Gaia coming back the exact day we called it and Rhodey being a scroll called it. I think everyone did. I think they didn't hide them too much, but it's now to see where it goes from here. We have about 90 minutes just over probably left of this series, uh, two more weeks, and I'm interested to see how this goes. Like, does Nick... How Nick talks to the president to get to use this, how Gaia learns of Talos's death and how it is all pulled together. And what is the end goal of this series, if that makes sense, where where it leaves the MCU kind of I, I'm interested to see because now we know there's a million scrolls walking about. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see how that kind of. Uh, I also I just want to see more Olivia Coleman, so maybe some more Olivia Coleman, please. <laughs> yes, thank yeah. you. Yes. I think that might be in next week's episode. I think that well, might be where Fury is bringing uh, bringing Ritson. Yeah. Yes, or yes. Citadel, you should say. Yes, Derek, uh, do you defend this episode? I love this episode. This is perfect. Um, I I I like that it's set the table for where we're going. I like that we had a massive battle here with Gravik really using uh, lots of his force. We got to see Super Scrolls in action twice in the episode. Um, we had an amazing moment with uh, Priscilla and Fury, a quiet moment, but uh, so much strength and and, uh, and brilliant performances within the scene itself. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, it's really sad to be saying goodbye to Talos uh, yeah. in the show, um, but there were going to be casualties. We knew that from the beginning of the season. Yeah. This is the biggest casualty that we could have had. Nick Fury's uh, best friend, really. Um, so, yeah, a really, really strong episode. I love this. Can't wait for more this season. I'm really disappointed that the uh, that the times of the show are, are shortening down. Um, I said before, I'd like to see a 365 um, weekly episodes um, for <laughs> this so I can watch Nick Fury for a whole year. Um, so give me more. Give me more. Hopefully they're shortening the episodes because that was the perfect moment to finish the episode. So uh, maybe next week's episodes, an hour 10 or something like that uh, to make up the full usual running time of an MCU yeah. series. Um, so loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. How about yourself, John? Did you Do you defend Secret Invasion episode four, beloved? Uh, I do. Uh, I'd give this four and a half uh, tasty traces out of five. Um, yeah, I, ju- I just really lo- liked sort of the action climax to this. Mm-hmm. You know, Talos, the, you know, ha- having someone die, you know, in a movie, sometimes, certainly early on in the MCU, it's kind of like, well, what threat do these people, act, you know, the superheroes get? Because or have because um, they're superhero, they can kind of deal with most things. Here, you know, the thing I like about this world is that you know Nick Fury is essentially just a really smooth, sort of clever human. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talos is a clever scroll. Yeah. There, there's nothing super as such about them. They're just top of their game. So um, you know, it's it's a real threat, and Talos paid for that in in this um this episode and you know i'm really sad to see talos uh leave in that sense sure. um 
it was good to see uh, Gaia reborn uh, with the Extremis. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens now with her father dead uh, at the hands of Gravik. Also, certainly given that Talos had said, you know, uh, to uh, Gaia about her mother, well, ask the people you're with why she's not here. So again, yeah. you know, it's kind of uh, <clears throat> double, uh, double the 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 deaths possibly for um, Gaia at yeah. the hands of Gravik yeah, and yeah. his team. Um, I love the stuff between Priscilla and Nick Fury, and also with Rhodey. Yeah. Um, Rhodey, I think the intrigue around that really really good you know who is this scroll um you know exactly who are they that intrigue really good and i think with priscilla and fury you know having those intimate moments um it's just really good for fury because mm-hmm. he can just be that director of shield in a, in a lot of the movies where it's you know he's head of an organization effectively this part of his you know his private life mm-hmm. uh, is is really it really informs on uh, the character of Nicholas Fury. So yes. I absolutely really enjoyed that stuff as well. So yes, for me, four and a half tasty traces out of five. Very good. Very good. I think we need to go to the pub, John. I think we do. Speaking of uh, tasty traces or, or tasters even, um, that, that you get sort of that whiskey tasting. I get you. Yeah. I get you. And um, so let us head on over, fellow defenders and quizzes, to our pub quiz. It is question four. Can you guess what the question might be? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the whiskey shared by Fury and Rhodes? And how much did Nick Fury say that it cost? Mm, very good. Yes, I've, I've given the. Uh... I've given that out to uh, a bunch of our fellow defenders. Um, if you ever see any alcohol in the show, look out first, because that could be the question. So uh, on form here, John, um, do you want to give the question one more time? Absolutely. Uh, what is the name of the whiskey shared by Fury and Rhodes? And how much did Nick Fury say that it costs? Importantly, how much did Nick Fury say it costs? If you Google it, the actual cost of this actual whiskey is more than Nick yes, Fury said. I don't was. think I'll ever be taking any snifter of that uh, mm. brand of whiskey. No, you could probably just sniff, but that's it. You well, maybe. Pay, you have to pay a couple of hundred dollars for a sniff. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, not a snifter. Um, yeah, they even have one that's like $40,000. <sighs> like, wow. But anyway, um, that is the fourth question of six for this season of Secret Invasion. Uh, gather them together with all of the questions at the end of the season. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in with the chance of getting your hands on a Secret Invasion goodie bag, I guess. Excellent stuff. Yeah, goodie bag. Yes. Um, it's not really a bag. You will get a digital copy of this year's Secret Invasion, the five-issue series starring Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Um, you'll definitely get that, and there's some other goodies uh, that will be sent out to you as well. Or will it be a scroll baddie bag? It might be a baddie bag. Oh, I like that. I like that. Mm. Good stuff. So, fellow defenders, we've been to the pub. Now it is off to our feedback. But first, with the public service announcement, it is Christopher. Yes, we want to thank everyone for your support of our podcast. But this episode in particular of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, including the one and only Russell Hooper. Thank you, Russell. Thanks so much, Russell. Yeah, thank you so much, Russell. Mm -hmm. Great to have you on board, and thanks for all the support of everybody over on Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Really good to get the support from everyone. 
Yes, and if you want to be cool like Russell, because you know you can, you can support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com slash Industries. or if you'd like to support us with a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI and buy us a coffee. Yes, it helps keep the lights and the mics on for this little wee show that we enjoy doing for you guys. Yes, you can also support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends and scroll Allies, remember, sharing the podcast is what, gentlemen? It is sharing Sharing the the love. love. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of sharing the love, let's get on to some feedback from our awesome fellow defenders. First up, we have some thoughts on last week's episode. An email in from Chris in New York. Not you, Chris. I haven't moved. You're not in New York again. Still here. No, still still at home. Still at home at Miles. Uh, Haven't flown out to to New York yet. Uh, Chris says, hey, guys, love the podcast. And a couple of thoughts based on what, what has been seen and said. Number one, is Sonia Falsworth actually Talos's wife? Maybe she didn't die, but Gravik's actions for- forced her to go deep undercover. Ooh, I like that. Mm, number two, does Priscilla's line about becoming who she was before Nick blipped really mean she was a mother? At the end, she may have been calling Gravik as an adoptive mother, not as someone in line with his plan, says Chris. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I think... Um, our Chris, you Chris, uh, mentioned uh, on last episode that we had a theory that uh, potentially um, Priscilla and Nick adopted Gravik uh, right back after he arrived on the planet, uh, having lost his parents. So uh, could it potentially be that he's that close uh, with Nick and Priscilla? Um, yeah. And she is. She went back to being his adoptive mother after Nick had been gone for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, I still both like that one. Good yeah. The the other one just on, on um, Gaia's mother being alive in terms of Fall, Fallsworth. I don't know if she's her, but I do think she's alive. I'm wondering if Talos' whole thing of her dead being killed was essentially mean that she is no more. She is no longer on our side. Talos was just being a bit kind of dramatic, and she is. She's working for. Is she Rhodey? I was just was about to say that. We were, yeah, like supposed to know that she was actually Rhodey, and she's there now. She might as well be dead because she's working for the enemy. Right. Yeah. Thing. Well, that's it. Maybe yeah. that's what he meant. You know, you need to ask uh, Gravik and, and everyone there about your your mother's death because actually they switched her allegiance. Yeah. Mm. I think um, if we go and look at the post credit scene from um, Spider Man Far From Home. Um, there's a very good look at what um, Talos's wife looks like without the in full scroll makeup. So yeah. I wonder if you have a quick look at that. That might tell us. Yeah. Before next they week's really episode, did linger on the face in they the did. bathroom. They scene. did, like, didn't they? Yeah. It's just like you're supposed to. I think they're supposed. You're supposed to figure it out, or at least the deep, the the deep nerds like ourselves are supposed to figure it out. I just, <laughs> I don't have time to go do it. Fellow defenders, if any of you I'll do, do it, Chris, don't you worry. <laughs> I might even do it before this episode. Uh, I, I, I might even have a, have a quick chance to do that. I also like the little gag in it as well. When she looks in the mirror, having transformed back into Rhodey, you see the disdain on yeah. Rhodey's face going, oh, God, I've got to put this stupid face back on again. I'm going to look like a stupid human again. Yeah. But yeah, thanks, Chris. You're welcome. And thank you, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, we also got an email in from Russell Hooper, who says, Howdy, guys. Some thoughts I had while listening to your show on episode three. 
on UN1. It made me think, what is the state of the world governments after the blip? Are individual countries still a thing, or has a one-world government arisen out of the chaos? If there is a global government, then a UN1 makes sense. On Fury's brokenness, his world when he returned was in chaos, and as a result had to have changed maybe he doesn't know where he fits in Mm -hmm. Uh, and the second point he came back to at least two important people to him being dead natasha romanov and tony stark also and i may be missing something where did danvers go post blip has she been seen around since then and losing maria hill had to be devastating assuming she is dead or she isn't but he doesn't know that Gentlemen, thanks again for this podcast. You helped me learn stuff I didn't know or I missed, Russell Hooper. Thanks so much, Russell. I like some of uh, the points there on Fury's brokenness. I think even with the sort of the end of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, you know, he has had change Absolutely. before the blip. So, like, he is trying to find his feet. You know, you've had the CIA effectively become that uh big organization uh, mm-hmm. like shield was so you know it's almost like he didn't become the director of the cia all of a sudden so you know there are people in a sense almost above his pay grade so he is yeah well he doesn't have a job there, well so no he doesn't no have a job grade. exactly <laughs> but he you know so he he really is yeah. still trying to figure out uh where he where he fits in mm-hmm. um, and i think you're right you know where is danvers i really want to know i think she you know there's way too much uh, sort of blame being put on Fury when yeah. it is technically Danvers who can um, fly around the galaxy to find Super these planets. The yeah. yeah. And yeah. knows more about the galaxy anyway previously, so should be able to pinpoint it. Come on, Danvers. <laughs> that would be great. It would be great to see her back on the show. Um, specifically Danvers. in the MCU, though, um, we did see her, of course, uh, in Endgame. Um, she had the big the big moment, the big fight uh, within Endgame. Uh, that's the last time we saw her up until the post credit scene in Miss Marvel, where she trades places with Miss Marvel and arrives in the home of her in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, um, so that that is the next time we will see Carol Danvers back is going to be in the Marvels. Definitely, it would be great if they did some filming and had her appear in uh, in this show. She's already appeared in one Disney Plus series, so uh, why can't she appear in Secret Invasion? It's uh, so connected to the first Captain Marvel movie. There's no reason why we can't have Carol Danvers back here. Absolutely, uh, to answer for her crime of not providing a home <laughs> for the scrolls. Absolutely, and or whether that you know they are going to address that somehow yeah. in uh, the Marvels. Like the big point that she did make in uh, the Avengers movie was you guys are dealing with all this stuff going on on Earth. There are a billion other planets in the galaxy uh, that are also have also gone through the exact same thing with the snap that your planet's gone through. That's why I'm out there dealing with all of those issues, basically. Yeah, so, she needs to uh, prioritize them. She does need to find a home for the Skrulls. So, <laughs> yes. yes. Maybe there's one planet out there that, ha- that everybody on the planet got snapped away. Um, yeah. Well, actually, lo- oh no, the, but then the they would have come back, of course. The blip, yeah. of course, yes, they would have come back. So, uh, no, you can't use those planets. We'll find them. There's also nowhere. Yeah, and I wonder about yeah. the timing as well, because, you know, planets orbit. So, if they blipped away, if they blip back, do they blip back in exactly the same place? And if it's a different part of the orbit? Kevin Feige has already explained this. Okay. The okay. writing was Sorry, that, Kevin. that Hulk, when he did his snap, 
to bring everybody back was bring them all back safely. He ha- yeah. he qualified it so people didn't appear okay. in midair. In, um, or in, in the vacuum uh, of space. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes, that would have been even more tragic. <laughs> it would have. Thanks so much, Russell. Yeah, thanks, Russell. We also got some feedback over on Facebook from Selena Kisler, who has this to say, I couldn't agree more with Chris that they give away way too much in the trailers. I don't even watch trailers more unless I'm not sure if I want to see the show or movie, which, for the most part, doesn't apply to comic book media. Mm-hmm. Agree to leave, except I'm yeah. blunt for punishment. Like, I have to watch trailers because I have to look at what it is, what the marketing is. But I think they are... I want to get back to where we were with Marvel, where they were basically at certain points just including stuff that wasn't there or wasn't used in the final cut. Or they were specifically editing the trailers in a way to make you think it was something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will get there again. It's just they're, they're, they're throwing everything at the wall at the moment mm. to make sure people see this show. Yeah, I, I still don't think there's been – I know there's, there was just that moment of the Groot uh, transformation that was revealed uh, in the trailer. I still don't think they're going as badly as uh, as DCR. I just watched the new trailer for Blue Beetle, the second uh, trailer oh, that yeah. came out today. And it's the entire movie cut into three minutes. Like, you get the whole turn and twist <laughs> of the character in three minutes. So I don't need to see that, um, uh, which is unfortunate because I kind of wanted to see it. It seems like fun. Yeah, um, And same thing happened with the uh, with with a couple of other, of other trailers this year that feel like they are uh, cutting the entire story into three minutes. You can see the transformation of your main character uh, throughout it, you know. Um, there's not a huge amount more in the trailer, as far as I know, uh, the trailers that have been released for Secret Invasion, and not a huge amount more that's that hasn't been seen on screen. Um, there's one scene that I'm aware of uh, that hasn't been seen on screen yet, but not a huge amount that should spoil the last two episodes of the season. So, um, yeah, I think they do need to drive people to watch these shows, though. Um, so I, I, I understand the balancing acts that they have to do, uh, but I think there are definitely some really bad uh, versions of it where um, an entire story gets cut into a couple of minutes trailer. Uh, yep. But good stuff. Thanks, Salim. Yeah, thanks, Salim. On this week's episode, we have an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow extremist injected defenders. I keep going back and forth with this series, understanding why it was written as a plot to get America and Russia to go to war rather than an out of an out and out scroll invasion money and fitting in with future project continuity chief among them that said a million scrolls against sonya nick and maybe gaia you know fury would call in a few big superpower guns spycraft only goes so far when you've only got yourself to depend on especially now with talos dead and not a single heli carrier to his name unless of course swords coming into play in the last episode that said the show's directed and acted well excellent production excellent everything except the overriding plot this and gravik had fury and the president dead to rights yet for some reason he didn't press his advantage Looking forward to the last two episodes turning the first four on their collective head in a one-two punch nobody, including me, saw coming. Finally, any ideas as to who is impersonating Rhodey? Two tuckered-out Talosless tacticians, glowing guys, and I am Garotz out of five. Peace and take care, <laughs> coffee and vodka. I am Garotz. I like that. Excellent. That's, good. That's really good. I think we've talked about who we think might be impersonating yeah. Rhodey a bit. Um kind of don't know for definite but i'm definitely going to be going out and, and checking out the post credit scene in uh in uh, spider-man um 
it's a shame it's down to down to two out of five for you at this stage, uh, coffee and vodka. But it sounds like you're open to the last two episodes, uh, changing yeah. your mind about this. I mean, I yeah. I can absolutely see, and I, I think certainly having read the the comics with Secret Invasion, you know, the first that all first out scroll invasion, um, instead of giving what 210 220 million dollars spent on it you know i i was wondering whether it was going to be of that ilk right um certainly it's it's not and i and whilst yes you know i wish that it had been a bit more sort of that all-out invasion i've actually really enjoyed what we've got on that i think um i think maybe you know certainly as well for for nicholas fury and the length of time now within the MCU, I, I think it's kind of been interesting seeing that sort of more nuanced uh, side of things. But maybe, as you say, the last two episodes, um, yeah, are going to be just totally espionage-like and turn things on their heads. Completely on their head, yeah. I think they will. I do want to say, though, it's not Nick versus a million scrolls. There's a million scrolls on Earth. It's Nick versus Gravik and his supporters. So yes. that does cut down the odds at least <laughs> to a more manageable level, yeah. right? And his uh, soldier so. supporters, not his actual, the, the other refugees as well. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it is a smaller, a smaller challenge. So while there are a million scrolls on Earth, Nick isn't looking to kick them all off the planet. He's more aligned with Talos's plan, I guess, is yeah. take down the insurgents, which is just that, just that group of soldiers and the people that are backing Gravik. Yeah. Um, but of course. Uh, quite a few of them got taken out in this episode as well, so, uh, so did, their yeah. numbers are uh, are coming down a bit. Well, as I say, uh, you know, the tactician side of Gravik, he should have made them super scrolls, mm-hmm. um, and then he really could have pressed his advantage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks, coffee and vodka. Mm-hmm. Uh, always great to get your thoughts. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, Heather Wallace says, "When did George R. R. Martin start writing for the MCU?" Mm, you know, lots of death in this episode, certainly and throughout the series so far. Yeah, and also Doctor Bob Phillips says, "At the rate of episode length decline, I think we'll be lucky to end up with a fourteen-minute finale." <laughs> now, does anyone else on Earth wander into a dive of a diner or a posh hotel bar and go hang their coat up on the rack? That Fury does. Mm-hmm. Also. Really like the way the art in Fury's home is all reminiscent of transformation and masquerade. Very good. So many swirls and whirls, double and triple, then double or not cross. The firefight was superb. Definitely worth having it as the point to exit on. And is it the second non-death cliffhanger? Third, if you count Maria Hill. Well, that's it. I think, you know, if Maria Hill is still... Alive and kicking somewhere, uh, whether known or unknown to Fury, plus now Gaia, I think a third might just be taking sort of the, the proverbial, yeah, yeah, the proverbial invincibility of people in superhero mm-hmm. movies uh, yeah. to the extreme or to the extremis. Yes, yes. And I don't want to see Taylor's gone. I don't. But I just feel if you did it at the start of the next episode, he's still back up again. I just feel it would be... Um, <laughs> It'd be hilarious if he does. I think lots of people... Oh, wait. Would just, it's uh, not actually the start angry. of the next episode. He does it in episode six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how they, that's <laughs> how they get around it. Like, surprise. Exactly. And then R- Rhodey is actually Taylor's wife. So she wasn't really dead either. And it's like, oh, no one's died. Yeah. Yay. Other yeah. than Comic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. Still over on Facebook. 
Selene McKisler had this to say, short episode, but a lot happened. Skull Rhodey is sloppy. Is he just overconfident because he thinks he's playing Fury like a fiddle? They re-established here that Fury is a step ahead listening in to Skull Rhodey's conversation and then slipping him the tracker literally right under his nose. Technically in a glass, but same thing. I wonder if he has some more behind-the-scenes machinations we weren't aware of. Who are those soldiers backing up Fury and Talos? Does Fury still have that pager? The good guys are severely shorthanded. Thanks, Salim. Yeah, uh, I think the the pager's dead. Because I think it was a one-use one from before. But maybe they've a better one now. Because they definitely... We've seen, we've seen Captain Marvel in those kind of long-range distance kind of teleconferences from the Avengers stuff. So... Yeah, definitely have access. Yeah, she probably probably wouldn't need a pager to get her. I'm sure there's a way to contact her otherwise, yeah. The soldiers backing up were the um, US guys um, and the UK army, kind of essentially was that. Um, I think they call it the UK army, mm-hmm. um, kind of being there to help. And then um, the behind-the-scenes machinations, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for, like, the opening of six, where we get all the... The machinations and all the plots and the ploys coming to bear fruit. Yeah. We'll see. I'd like to know more, Salim, about, you know, who those soldiers backing up Fury and Talos. Is because they look naff? Because if that's the case, yes. It, <laughs> it's the British Army. It's the British Army. <laughs> Which is terrible. We shouldn't say that. No, it's not. It's dreadful. We shouldn't say that. <laughs> One of the biggest armies in the world, John. Well, not really. Not really anymore, no. Uh, gutted. Good special forces, though. Yes, very much so. Uh, thanks, Liam. Uh, David, Mr. Ryder says, these cliffhangers will be the death of me. I paused it with 18 minutes left to get a snack. Five minutes later, it's the end of the episode. <laughs> but best episode so far. You guys predicted what would happen in this episode. Also, we're about to see the Mad Queen come out, Amelia Clark. Is it Wednesday already? Loved every bit of this one today. Bravo. Also, the truck with the concealed cannon. Super cool. Gravik with that stab to the chest, the soulless look in his eyes. Incredible job casting. He just inserts fear and death with just his stare. It's like an endless bottomless pit looking into his eyes. Yeah, he's such a good job. Does such a good job, uh, Kingsley Benedict here. Really, he does really actually. Mm. Um, I would actually have liked to have seen a bit more of him in this because um, I know just that moment where they're talking about preparing the plan and they, you know, he, you know, explains to Pagan why the mm-hmm. uh, why, why Gaia, is, Gaia is not there and yeah. so on. Um, it would have, yeah, a bit more, e- even if it's just connecting back to the council mm-hmm. or something. You know, I think that would have been quite cool. But uh, yeah, he's he's really good uh, in this. Yes, that's. I, I like the idea that maybe it's Amelia Clark, it's Gaia who will become the, the mad, mad queen. queen. The mad queen, lovely. Uh, thanks, David. Uh, Russell Hooper says Nick Fury channeled his G- Jules Winfield from <laughs> from Pulp Fiction while talking to uh, to Rhodey in the hotel room. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely had that moment where I was kind of thinking. Um, is he going to call out Ezekiel 25-17 to him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he going to? I, th- I think, yeah, with the stare. Mm-hmm. Uh, just incredible. He's still got it. He does. Absolutely. Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Russell. Next up, we have some feedback from Brendan Cregan with this to say, wow, this episode confirmed everything I predicted from last week. The episode opened with Gaia popping up from the dead with the help of extremists. 
And we got to see how she acquired the ability. Rhodey was confirmed to be a Skrull and his wife was playing double or triple agent. The part that hit hard for me and I'm sure a lot of fans was the death of Talos. This scene like the Maria Hill scene at the end of the first episode looked final. Fury looked absolutely gutted that he couldn't save him, but he had to protect the president. This will be the watershed moment for Fury in the series that should set him back on the right path to being the old Fury again. Just hate that it took losing his best friend and one of the best characters on the show to do it. At least this should mean we will get more screen time with Livia Coleman's character, as we still do not know much about her or her motivations. Looking forward to the last two episodes. Thanks, Brendan. Yeah, a lot of it, pretty much what you said. Like, if this it seems to be the watershed moment. This will probably be the kind of, the, 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 the proverbial kick in the behind for Fury mm-hmm. that really yeah. kind of gets him back. But we saw sprinklings of it here. We saw him, as we've talked about to nauseam now, which is, like, he was listening in on Rhodey. He has tracked Rhodey. He was listening in to his wife. He understood. So, while the old Fury may not be there, this there might be a new and improved Fury coming down the line. Exactly. A- anyone that carries in their back trunk along with their spare tyre a-, a handheld sort of RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fair juice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, brilliant stuff. Thanks so much, Brendan. Yeah, thank you so much, Brendan. Fellow Defenders, that is all from us for this episode of TV Podcast Industries mm-hmm. and us covering Secret Invasion. Of course, we will be back next week with episode five mm-hmm. of Secret Invasion. Yes, Chris and I will be back uh, for the fifth episode of uh, Secret Invasion. John, unfortunately, has to step out uh, for one week, but hopefully he'll be back in time for the finale. Yes, uh, apologies. That's yes. all right. That happens. That happens. You're going uh, back up into space with the other little green men. Yes, I'll be back up in space with sword or saber. Whatever it is called, it is shield in space. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. But if you do want to hear more, John, uh, we have the next two episodes of our Witcher Season oh. 3 coverage uh, coming out. Episodes 3 and 4 recorded. They're in the bag. Uh, they'll be out after this episode. Uh, should be out uh, in your feed by uh, Sunday of this week. So uh, look forward to that. Been, uh, been a lot of fun uh, this yeah. season of The Witcher. It has, actually. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. And, of course, we will be covering a Good Omens Season 2 mm. as well, which yes, is we towards the end of July, 28th uh, of July. It's coming out 28th July, all six episodes available on uh, on Prime Video yes. um, for Season 2. Uh, there is a feed for Good Omens uh, available on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can listen back to the first season, all of our coverage there. Can we say it, John? Go on. That we've watched the first couple of episodes. We have. Yes, we have. We've seen the first couple of episodes of Good Omen Season 2, and it's delightfully British. It's great. I will, I will definitely say that. It's uh, it's eccentric. my kind of my kind of eccentric humour. I'm yes. really, really enjoying it so far. So uh, looking forward to covering that on the podcast uh, when it gets released from the July 28th. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yes, thank you, fellow defenders, for joining us as always. Mm-hmm. Speak to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much. I look forward to speaking to episode five when someone else dies because they're killing off everyone. <laughs> <in this>. Probably. <laughs> it's like, Rhodey's dead. Let's start a dead pool. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Indeed. <laughs> yes, see you, fellow defenders. Uh, in the meantime, until the next episode, keep watching, keep listening, and be careful who you trust. Bye. Bye.